May the words of my mouth and meditation of all of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. When you think of the things that Jesus does in the gospel, um, you probably think of the, the nice things that he says, like love your enemy, pray for those who persecute you. Um, maybe you remember a scene like the sort of out of character, like he, he gets angry and overturns tables and, and drives people out of the temple when they're trying to exploit the poor. But most of the time, I think you and I and probably most people on the street, if we asked him, um, think about Jesus, we think about him as a likable chap, you know, somebody who does nice things and says nice things. Uh, in, the, in the case today, he heals a man who's born blind. Some other stories that maybe you remember, the day where he's passing through um, and uh, there's this uh, fellow, Zacchaeus, who can't see him, so he climbs up into a tree to see him, and, and Jesus stops and says, Zacchaeus, come on, let's go to your house and have, have lunch. Um, these sorts of things, you know, that, that he's kind and does nice things and noble acts, uh, says profound uh, sentences that, that make people stop and, and, and listen. But do you ever think about him doing something like he does today, which is sort of gross? Um, it's been a few minutes. Let me go back and refresh your memory. He's walking through the streets. There's a fellow who's been, who was born blind, sitting by the side of the road begging. I kind of envision him, you know, with a sign hanging around his neck saying, you know, I can't work. <laughs> Give me some money or something like that. You know, maybe a tin cup, uh, a cane, you know, uh, dark glasses, perhaps. I don't know. You know, he's, he's clearly identifiable as somebody who's handicapped and begging. And Jesus comes by, and he calls out to him for help. And Jesus kneels down, and he spits on the ground, and then throws some dirt into the pool of spit, makes little mud pies out of them, and puts them on the guy's eyes. I mean, it's kind of gross. You've got to admit, it's a little bit, um, you know, uh, He's not a nine-year-old, doesn't need to play in the mud, you know. And, and I thought about, well, you know, like in the medical field, there are lots of things that people have to do that are, that are you know, um, I don't know, sort of dignity, you know, kind of uh, stealing. You know, it's kind of you have to do these things. They're less than dignified actions, but he's the Messiah. You know, if you can heal somebody, why doesn't he say like abracadabra or, you know, something like that? Many times Jesus has healed people. You remember stories where, where a man comes and says, my daughter at home is, is not well. And Jesus says, go, go your way. She's fine. Your faith has healed her. Many times where at a distance or comes and, and lays a hand. Here he makes mud pies and sticks them on the guy's eyes. It's just a little bit gross. Uh, the whole sense of cleanliness, I think, for Western people is an issue. Um, uh, a dozen years ago, so I, I told you about this, I traveled to Mozambique in Africa um, and was in the capital city, Maputo, and um, a couple things. One day, returning from a, a work day, you know, we, were, we were working on building a church, we're on our way back, and we're going by this river. And the people used the river for washing clothes in, and there was, you know, sort of garbage along the, the, the river banks. Um, it wasn't really a, a very clean river. It's not the kind of place that uh, you or I would go swimming in, for instance, or anything like that. And we're driving by this dirty old river, and here's this fellow down in the water, scrubbing up with soap, and he's got a toothbrush in his mouth. He is brushing his teeth while he's bathing in this river. And I'm like, oh, that's awful. You know, that is just, it's just kind of gross. 
It is offensive to my sensibilities of cleanliness. In another instance, in the same city, we drove by the dump. In the dump, in, in, in Mozambique, in, in Maputo, the, the only way to get rid of garbage is to burn it. So there are these piles of burning garbage. This smells horrendous. And inside the dump, there are these people who are covered head to toe in black soot. And one of the missionaries I was with said, those people live there. That is their home in the dump. They have these little shacks set up in the dump, and, and they forage through the garbage for, for sustenance. They eat what they find there. Uh, this is where they live. And, and again, I'm like, oh, that is, you know, you might be surprised about this. I'm a little slavish, you know. Um, I know, it's hard to believe. But just for a minute, a, a bowl of cereal left in the family room, it might have happened a time or two with me. Um, there might be a little trail of Cheetos here or there, you know, stuff like that. I know, it's a shocker. But I can't live in that sort of field. I can't, that, and probably neither could you. It's repulsive to our sense of, of well, the way things ought to be. It's, it, it goes against the grain of our sensibilities about cleanliness. We don't even really like to get our hands dirty, do we? We, ha- we use that as a metaphor. It's, a, it's idiomatic for things that we don't want to do. You know, you might have to get your hands dirty if you're involved in this. Right? Like, it's, it's not something that's good. And so when I look at this text, this story of Jesus healing this man uh, blind from birth, a few things sort of stick out to me. And the first thing is, is there are these group of people called the Pharisees. They're religious traditionalists. They're, they're, um, they are kind of zealous uh, religious folk. And Jesus has kind of been upsetting them. There's been a little nasty war of words that they have uh, spoken about him. They called him, in the, in the previous chapter, illegitimate. I don't think it was as nice as that. I think John sort of sanitized it. I think they might have used um, pejorative words that maybe come to your mind about his illegitimate birth. And they also said things like he was demon-possessed. And now here you heard it again. They, they even say this of the man born blind who's healed. Well, you're born in sin as well. You're just like him. You're just like this Jesus fellow. And by the end of chapter 8, the Pharisees are ready to murder Jesus. Then there's what happens. The healing event. Did you catch the day on which it happened? It's the Sabbath day. There's a law about healing on the Sabbath day. You don't heal people on the Sabbath day. And as I thought about this thing, this man who is healed is an adult. Uh, They say in in the text, I didn't read this part, but he's allowed to speak for himself. He's allowed to give testimony in court, which means he's a minimum of 13, but probably uh, well into his, his adult years, maybe 30s or 40s. Let's just say for the sake of argument, he's 21. If he is 21, he's been alive for 7,669 days. At 21 years old, he has been blind and alive for 7,669 days. Couldn't Jesus have waited just one more day? I mean, what's the real difference between 7,669 and 7,670 days? Wait just one more day. The other thing is how he does it. He, he does this thing that I find really um, repulsive. He, he makes mud pies with saliva and puts them on the fellow's eyes. In the ancient world, in Jesus' world, 
Not only was it against the law to work on the Sabbath and to heal on the Sabbath, it was against the law to need um, uh, material like bread. You know, like you would like you would put uh, water and oil in with flour and, and knead it together to make bread. That was against the law. So Jesus is not only violating custom about um, healing on the Sabbath, he's doing it in a way that is intentionally provocative to the people who, keep, who make and keep the laws. The people, these Pharisees, who are zealous for the law, are watching him make this salve. And in making it, he is violating their belief about how the Sabbath is to be kept. All this made me say, why? Why would he do this? Why would it be intentionally provocative? Not just accidentally provocative, but intentionally provocative. And I think it's because he loves these people. Not just the man born blind, but the ones who hate him, these Pharisees. And he wants them to see what God is doing in the world. He wants them to see that God is engaging with the needy people of the world. He wants them to see that this is what, this is what God does, that he, he's willing to get his hands dirty for the sake of broken humanity. A couple bits of application then. First of all, the fellow who was born blind wasn't being punished. Jesus is clear about that. Neither were his parents being punished. His suffering was simply to display the power of God. And no matter who you are, no matter where you've come from in life, where you happen to find yourself at this very day, you have suffered. You have. And I have. We have all suffered. Some people suffer physically, some emotionally, some spiritually, some financially. Some suffer with painful relationships. Some people feel like they got a never-ending stream of bad luck. Some people suffer just a little bit and whine a lot. (laughs) Yeah, right here. Uh, Some people suffer a lot and say almost nothing. But we all suffer. This passage says to me, at least this, that God in Christ shows us that he cares about our suffering, that he enters into it, that he doesn't leave us alone, and he's willing to get his hands dirty in order to help alleviate our suffering. That, that Christ was willing to be misunderstood for the sake of this man. And in fact, intentionally provocative to people so that they too might understand. The second point of application is sort of like the first, and that is that we all suffer from blindness. Guess what? We too were all born blind. I think John wants to kind of remind us of that, that we all have congenital blindness. Be careful. You don't know what sort of suffering someone else has. And when we look at people, it's easy to sort of slip into a sort of judgmentalism about the way that people deal with their suffering. These Pharisees think, couldn't this guy just wait one more day? No, he couldn't. See, I think there's two types of blindness um, that have those who know that they're blind and those who do not. We're all broken. We're all flawed. We all need help. We all need healing. The question is not whether or not we're blind. It's what sort of blindness we have. Whether we know it and are, are willing to call out for help or whether we simply want to look at others and, and see how flawed they are. Uh, I think John's intentionally set this story up uh, with, with the juxtaposition of, of blindness and the Pharisees. 
Uh, We're not blind, are we? They say. See, it's not a story about just a kindly deed. It's a story about about healing that comes to open our eyes. You know, in the the last line of the the man says, uh, when he's asked about this, uh, the blind man, he, the Pharisees demand an answer. You tell us what you think. <laughs> he says, well, here, I don't, know any, I don't know what I can think. All I know is this, is that I was blind and now I see. I think that might be enough. Don't you? In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.